curiosity. Well, welcome everybody to the Blofeld Podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. And we are slightly delayed this week. We had <laughs> Tucker yeah, we had a power we're all set to record, and he had, <laughs> he had to go and lose his power 20 minutes before we were supposed to. <laughs> That's not honestly God truth. I couldn't Just, believe it. Very, very rude to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Ex- I don't have an explanation for it either. Yeah, no yeah, idea what the hell happened. It came back at what, like two in the morning or something? You said? Yeah, which was actually really annoying because, like, my um, two in the morning, <clears throat> all the lights come on. You're like, oh, yeah, shit. yeah, because you forget stuff. And thank mm-hmm. God, my wife that night was like, "Oh shit, we need to make sure our uh, kiddo's light is off." Because yeah. I would not have thought about that. And it would have been like two in the morning. Then all of a sudden, the, the, yeah, the lights are like super bright. Not good. Not good. Uh, so sorry we're late, but better late yeah. than never. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're we're going to, we've got a few topics to catch up on, but um, we did want to touch on briefly the Saudi Arabian GP uh, at the, the fastest mm-hmm. street circuit on the calendar in Jeddah. Um, mm-hmm. It was Set up to be a really interesting race because um, Max had issues in qualifying yeah. that led to him being in, uh, what, like 15th or something like that? I forget. Yeah. yeah. Um, a powertrain failure. Yeah, powertrain issues. Um, so Checo, his teammate, qualified on pole. Um, mm-hmm. Alonso was right up there. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's worth necessarily getting into all the rules. Kerfuffle, we got enough to talk about this week. But I... So... The kind of interesting part, I guess, to me, maybe you disagree and, and something else is interesting to you. I I found it a bit disheartening. Mm-hmm. So Checo ended up winning. He drove a great race. Mm-hmm. What was disheartening to me was that Max went from 15th to second easily. Like, yeah. It wasn't. No one really even could have put up a fight, not even Fernando and the Aston Martin. Yeah. And that to me was at, was way more like disheartening than Checo winning. Yeah. Just seeing how much faster the Red Bulls are than yeah. any other car out there. Knowing yeah. that we have like a Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton, whatever, 2014, 2015 Mercedes situation I where know. they let the teammates actually race against each other. Yeah, it's just gonna be the most boring. <laughs> I just I know I, I know. can't get excited about the battle for sixth like some people can. Yeah, so I mean, it's gonna be Red Bulls in the front all the time. It's just gonna be a boring season. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried about that too. Now, I mean, they've obviously developed a wonderful car. Um, right. You know, Mercedes took the risk. You know, with the arrow and the side pods. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that obviously has not worked for them. Right. But, you know, the roles they're could... They're playing B car now, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ho- you know, the roles could be reversed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be... We could be dealing with another one of these, you know, Mercedes situations. And uh, yeah. it is it is interesting how kind of fairly consistently, year after year, the, the pack does stagger. You know, like somebody knocks it out of the park on their design. Then there's kind of a you know, upper tier that competes and made mid pack and then the back. And it just always seems to kind of work that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had hoped that, you know, maybe Ferrari would sort some stuff, um, you know, in the off season and be more competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, I I still am leery to want to see 
I, I'm still enjoying a little bit the, Mer- the Mercedes kind of flailing um, just because it's yeah. years and years of that same thing. But I also don't. Yeah, it, exactly. I, I would rather see some interesting races. Now, that being, that being said, um, you know, each race is interesting because you've got powertrain failures. You've got yeah. safety cars. Uh, you got weather. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like statistically speaking, they could very much potentially walk away from it i i, I think it doesn't this ne- doesn't um necessarily mean we won't have some interesting races this year um, yeah one of the things that i i did take away from this was how impressive it was that the checos really learned how to manhandle that car yeah um, for sure. you know obviously max caught all the way up to second and i kind of actually you figured he was going to catch him because he got to that's what like I 15 laps to that's, go or something like that. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I suppose maybe the tires just kind of ran down finally. But it does also, you know, suggest to me that, and I think that was like a probably a, maybe we'll look back on this as being a really confidence boosting race for Checo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you may see some more scrappy battles between them. Yeah. I think... To be completely honest with you, the most interesting part of the end of that race was um, uh, Fernando mm-hmm. and that, <laughs> the penalty, oh, it was yeah. uh, George, wasn't it? George and him that were like duking it oh, out because he had a five-second yeah. penalty for being. Then he got a ten-second penalty. Then he had a ten-second penalty. Well, yeah. So I did. So George yeah. was on the podium in third, and then they rescinded yeah. the ten-second penalty for Fernando. <laughs> yeah, yeah third place and it yeah. was just and, and really i just play, i mean man. that was like the most interesting part of the race for me was at the end just watching to see if, if george could close that five second gap yeah no i <laughs> and it was close it, it was there close. are some yeah i mean there is some kind of mid to upper mid pack intrigue for sure mm-hmm. and i i am definitely like open-minded and want to see what happens when the first round of kind of car upgrades come through in in melbourne and and you know in the fourth fifth race of the season um but you know i was thinking about this and it may be maybe it was an intended consequence or an unintended consequence i'm not sure but with the cost cap regulations it mm-hmm. really unless a team kind of sets aside reserve cash for the season like heavily True. yeah that's a it good point kind of is whoever kind of locks out the gate with the best car yeah. is going to be tough to beat because there's just yeah, not kind of the, to ride those coattails the rest of the season. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now it's like an additional part of the strategy. Like, do we spend all our money on the initial yeah, development of the car or do we hold some in reserve with, you know, resulting in possibly a worse car to start out with, but we make bigger gains during the season. I don't know. But, and you know, it's, it's definitely something that I, I hadn't considered that either. But now that you say it, it does really make me think that that really suggests that you would see evolution over the years, you know, not necessarily over just one season. Because, you know, a team like Red Bull may be saying to themselves, we've got such a great car, we'll keep a lot of money in reserve to mess with it over the season in case somebody throws all their cash up front into a car that's Mm -hmm. great. But but then even yeah. in that scenario, then Red Bull's protected a little bit because they've got a war chest right. know, to improve things. So yeah, then I hadn't even thought about that. 
Yeah, it makes it tough. I mean, if you are behind, like Mercedes are behind, it's even harder to catch up. Whereas Red Bull basically have to make kind of subtle evolution of their car. Mercedes mm-hmm. are having to do a, a massive rework that's obviously going to take out a ton more of their budget. Yeah. So it it's it could, I think, potentially lead to a real snowball effect. Um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how the the rest of the season goes i mean you're right like statistically speaking looking at things at this point Mm -hmm. red bull does start to make you think they're going to walk away with it um yeah but you're right i I don't want to have to root for accidents i don't want to have to root for mechanics. i know that's a good point yeah i mean the only thing i can root for is rain because rain always makes (laughs) basically It's um, true, the great equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see. I mean, we've got. I think Melbourne's this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had last off. weekend off. Yeah. So um, you know, we'll we'll kind of see how that shakes out. If if I think the first round of upgrades might be coming in this weekend, so we'll okay. see if, if any teams kind of pick up some time. But uh, <laughs> we didn't want to spend too much time on that because we've got some. Uh, Kind of interesting personal car news as well as some kind of more uh, broad mm-hmm. car news. It's kind of we've kind of been hearing rumblings of various, various uh, from various people in the auto industry about uh, car price increase and stuff. So we want to talk about that. But first, yeah. you completed a a long in the making upgrade. Yeah, God. You started yeah. like, like last year. Uh, <laughs> I know, man. It's... So, it's you know we were just talking before the podcast about the the transition your life happens in your life once you've got kids you know I'm the kind of guy that that before kids I mean nothing nothing stayed on the back burner it just yeah. all got done you know I'd work work myself uh, like a dog mm-hmm. to get stuff done and just be mm-hmm. done with it but that doesn't happen anymore yeah you don't have the <laughs> so option I, I feel like so so basically this project. <clears throat> So my 2000 BMW 2002 1971 uh great car it's in good condition um mm-hmm. you know going into that purchase I I feel like when I I think I made that purchase in what was it 20 I think it was 2021 right I can't even remember now uh, um 20 I think it was early 2021 I think so, yeah yeah like, yeah or something now yeah 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 that sounds right okay so 2021 got the car um got it right away had issues Mm -hmm. um which really kind of sucked because uh, i redid the whole ignition system distorted car yeah 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 and and fortunately the mechanic that i work with he's you know set my expectations at the beginning of this you know which was don't don't expect this to be a smooth experience like that's part of the uh adventure part of the mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. and so that was good because i didn't get all out of whack it was actually a really simple fix i just um my neighbor and i were messing with it one night and kind of realized the distributor had come loose and so it screwed up all the cylinder firings and then uh, i needed to get it retimed and so i said that's above my pay grade mm-hmm. um i'm going to use um, my mechanic and so i gave it to them over the um winter, winter. and they sorted some grounding gremlins with the electrical did a mm-hmm. cavity wax got it back in the spring 
and then had, you know, had the kiddo. And so didn't drive it quite as much, but I had ordered. Um, <clears throat> so most of it is run. It's really running great now. Mm-hmm. And the only issue I've had with it um, was just out, you know, driving it in the evening. The, the headlights are just kind of a joke. They are. Um, yeah. It's amazing because, to me that those were like up to snuff in this. I mean, the, the technology I was know. what it was. I'm not like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I can't yeah. imagine yeah. like driving at night. I know, I know. I mean, and, and, and I, and I can't, I can't truly say confidently whether they're original. I, I mean, they're hellas and that's exactly what they would have come with. So Mm -hmm. I think they're probably original, but they might've gotten swapped at some point, but Mm -hmm. either way, the back of them had lost its silvering. And so they were very yellow, um, which was, yeah, you, you didn't even know if they were on. The mm-hmm. other issue was <clears throat> the, um, for whatever reason, the low beams had a fused circuit. So if there was ever a short, it'd blow a fuse. Mm-hmm. The high beams, I don't, I, I imagine it was because they were just cheap. Mm-hmm. That circuit wasn't fused and it ran through the cl- the instrument cluster. Mm-hmm. So it was like lots of current going through the instrument cluster without a fuse. Like, I don't know why that was a good idea back in the seventies, but it's not a good idea. And so I hunted down this guy by the name of Daniel Stern, who does automotive writing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it is. Who knows? (laughs) But he does automotive lighting consulting. And so he, I worked with him. um, What an interesting niche. Oh, I know. I I mean, I assume (laughs) like I kind of got this sense that, the, the the knowledge base he has suggests that he was an engineer in the industry uh-huh. and then segued out at the tail end of his career and started this as a side business. And so he helped me kind of decide on a custom relay um, mm-hmm. lighting. I mean, and he was knowledgeable enough to recognize that the European cars were built with these like, you know, basically had different headlight brackets than the american cars mm-hmm. and so i then had to source i then had to source um like mounting brackets where the light would go in and then that would attach to the car and i mm-hmm. found one was available new online and then the other i had i waited a couple months and finally found in italy mm-hmm. um, and, and ha- hunted that down got that shipped over got the new bulbs, got the lights, <clears throat> got the harness. And then last year was just a maniacal year <laughs> projects around our property. So yeah. I just never got time. And yeah. then um, this year, all of a sudden I'm like sitting uh, like maybe it was um, three weeks ago. And I just looked at my wife and I was like, Oh my God, we've got another kid on the way. Like, unless I get this done ASAP, it's yeah. it's just going to sit for another two years. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I scrambled out there, fired the car up, got it moved over to a bigger bay in the garage, uh, cranked the heater up, and just kind of started tearing everything apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you get into, you don't really like always realize the things that you need until you get into the project. And and when I peeled off the old casings, they had these like rubber gaskets behind them, which I thought mm. oh, that's a really good idea because then you don't have metal on metal trapping water. Right. Um, and sure enough, 
I was able to find some on eBay. <laughs> nice. Like, BMW oh, 2002 was... headlight gaskets. <laughs> yeah, 1971. Brand new somehow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, and some are so not dried out. <laughs> I know. So I got those shipped here. And then I needed a... Um... <clears throat> so basically, what this relay does is it takes the... You can imagine like each of the lights has like you know, three inputs to it. One's a ground, one's mm-hmm. a high beam, and one's a low beam. And so these three prongs basically plug into this new harness, mm-hmm. which has relays that when you flip the switch on the dash in the car, it triggers the original wiring to basically send a very, you know, like low level signal that then trips the relay. And then the new harness is wired directly to the battery. And you you can wire it to the alternator, or the, but in my case, I just did the battery. And now you're pulling juice directly out of the battery, um, which is high current. Because the new bulbs that I installed needed, um, they had fried my old the old wires. Like they pulled yeah. too much current because they're much brighter. They're still halogens. They're not xenon or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, then you're you you've got a sep- an entirely separate um, circuit from the original wiring to power these. Mm-hmm. Um, so it fixes all sorts of issues. You know, I don't have huge amounts of current going through the dash anymore. Um, I'm not pulling, because as those uh, lights uh, dim and <clears throat> kind of fail over time, their resistance goes up. And so then more current goes through and it just, you know, beats on an old. All sorts of issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got everything installed. I got everything hooked up. Uh, lights work. Didn't kill myself. Didn't electrocute <laughs> myself. Uh, car. I have not actually fired it up, um, mm-hmm. but everything else works. You know, uh, blinkers, everything. So I, I don't. I don't I'll think do it'll it. be a problem. So now it's just <clears throat> a little bit of, um, you know, tidying here and there. But it really kind of transforms the car because. I mean, it already looks really good, and it looks well, like... it makes it so much more usable. You know, that's, uh-huh. that's what I was thinking yeah, yeah. about when you were talking about this, because it's something that, um, I don't know if I mentioned this when we talked about my Safari 911 build, mm-hmm. but one of the options that I didn't think about until mm-hmm. I spoke with our buddy Dave, who's also getting a Safari, is uh-huh. he, he had opted to upgrade the lighting. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a really good yeah. idea. I don't want 100%. 84 headlights. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the main. I got caught out once in the rain <clears throat> in my car, and my wife and I were just looking at each other like, this, this is not safe not <laughs> to be yeah. dry. We can't see five feet in front of us. Yeah, right. You know, so I knew I needed to get that. I, I mean, I don't plan to drive it um, in the in at night, but... Mm-hmm. If for some reason I take it to work and get stuck late and, you know, at least I'm not up. Or, you know, I mean, all. now, now you at least have the option. Like if you, if it's, yeah. it's June and it's 68 degrees at eight o'clock in the evening and you say, damn it, I just want to go cruise, not yeah. go enthusiastically, but like just go for a yeah. cruise on the back roads with some music yeah. on. Now you can do that. You Maybe know? we go out, you know, you grab the speedster and. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know, we want to go out now i can at least get out uh with with you guys in the in the evenings yeah um exactly. so i think you know and and so that was is was, was a pretty approachable project but 
you know, the thing, the thing about letting that kind of stuff sit though, is like, you know, you don't know, you don't know the other things you're going to, the gremlins you're going to get into. And if, and if Mm -hmm. he, if I hadn't known that I needed different headlight and, you know, brackets, I'd have really been screwed. I mean, um, so I'm, I'm really glad that I got all of that, that stuff. You know, and at this point, um, just kind of a smaller, some smaller things I wanted to do, uh, the taillights, like blinkers, there's, um, bulbs that use the, that can use the old wiring and they're a little bit brighter. Um, Mm -hmm. so that will help. Um, there's a few other kind of small things like the, there's a guy, Coop King who does really expensive restorations of these things out in California. I think he does 3.0 CSLs and stuff as well, which are maniacally expensive, but Mm -hmm. he actually created a leather, um, a refurbished like under dash, um, package that you can get because mine's kind of beat, beat the hell up. Yeah. Um, It's like the only, really the only part of the car that's kind of beat up and looks pretty nasty. And so I was going to get that installed. So there's like a couple of, few minor things here and there but but otherwise it's running great you know she fired up well Mm -hmm. um you know you and i we've kind of talked about how these are the type of cars that are are happier and healthier as you drive when they're used yeah and Mm -hmm. and so i'm hoping this driving season to do a little bit more driving with it maybe like once a week Mm -hmm. um you know, just to just to flex it, keep everything. Yeah, going. exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it's it's in such good shape. Like it is a driver's car. I mean, yeah, it's not a concourse car, but it's probably a seven or an eight out of ten. Yeah, um, no, so it looks it, it looks so good. Yeah, yeah, doesn't it? I mean, I was just I was walking in tonight because my um, wife was uh, at a meeting. And I just started laughing when I came in because I was like, God, that's a good looking car. Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh, it's, quirky looking. I love it. And it's so small. I just, it's, <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. It's I, just adorable. I, uh, uh, on the, on the, on the speedster note that you mentioned, I don't, I, yeah. uh, I think I told you we, uh, the car is starting a sentence. So, oh, nice. We, we paid our, the first half of our, um, Basically, the way it works is you put down a deposit when you get on the list for the car, and then you pay half of the price of the build when they start, and the other half when it's finished. So we paid the first half, and they they're starting to assemble the interior because they were like they email or they called me today to just like confirm our choices and stuff. Okay, um, nice. So yeah, I think so. It's, that's it's for the most part on the schedule. Okay. Yeah, that's I think so great. for kind of late spring, early summer. I think perfect. So, that's yeah. gonna be awesome, man. Sweet. Yeah, man. It'll, be, it'll be fun. It'll <laughs> nope. be fun getting out with the 2002, like funny little tiny <laughs> cars. Quite the little couple <laughs> together, zipping around. <laughs> yeah, it'll be funny, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. But the, the, that does actually. Cool. I was I mean, really impressed that you did this whole headlight project, man. Electrical stuff like scares the hell out of me. Yeah, I think it's you know it's kind of for better or for worse. I cannot at all claim to be an expert i've learned a lot in doing all this stuff like rebuilding the ignition mm-hmm. you know and that's kind of the fun thing about these cars is that they are somewhat approachable um yeah you know i think if if push had come to shove and i i would have had to i just didn't have the time 
Um, but I think if I had had the time, I probably could have figured out how to retime everything and get everything yeah. set back up with the distributor. Well, I mean, that's um, the thing. Like, ultimately, these cars are not super complicated. You know, right. they, they don't have these, you know, 18 different CPUs in the, you know, they, they don't have yeah. all different it's things. so you amazing don't like a laptop to they, they literally on. function like a watch man i mean mm-hmm. like the distributor point the distributor cap it's literally just spinning in a circle igniting the spark plugs yeah. and as you push the gas that thing spins faster mm-hmm. <laughs> and the spark yeah. plugs go off faster i mean it's just all mechanical <laughs> yeah yeah and and the carburetors are basically like glorified you know beer cans with holes in them Right. The gasoline goes sprinkling gas or yeah, sprinkling gas down into the cylinders. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously they are um, you know, on the software and computer side, there's none of that nonsense in there. Mm-hmm. But the the mechanical linkages and everything is actually pretty sophisticated and kind of a it's like a piano or something that all mm-hmm. of that works and, and yeah. it is not digital. Oh, it's right. really, really impressive that all that kind of comes together and works. Yeah. And I, I will, though, I will say that I'm going to be, um, I'll be glad you guys have the speedster with a very reliable engine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because be you nice may be, have mechanical fuel injection, or, you know, electronic you, Yeah, yeah. You may be my ride home. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Depending yeah, I, on how things go. There, there yeah. actually was an original toolkit for the 2002 that the uh, Coop King has remade. And um, I was trying to convince my wife that'd be like a good birthday gift or something, because mm-hmm. one of the nice things they've got in that kit is a, um, a tool to remove the spark plugs. And oh, if they get- you actually, it's a useful thing to do if you flood the engine. Yeah. You gotta um, them out, well, let them dry. Yeah. While you're trying to get it fired up. And so I was like that, has not happened yet, but mm-hmm. I could definitely see myself doing that at some point. <laughs> so maybe maybe I should have that toolkit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How bad? How bad do you want to uh, <laughs> get home? How bad do you want to find out if we uh, need to yeah. take a ride home? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Oh man, well, I, I have also also I've thought about this. I haven't, you know, because the the one summer that I drove it home. Mm-hmm. And I think it's maybe because it was sitting in the shop for a while, but it gummed up on me. And I don't know, maybe I, I don't know what the hell happened. You know, maybe, huh. um, you know, maybe it the reps dropped you. too quick and, and it just died. It just died on me. And, yeah. You know, not ideal, not ideal. Um, yeah. Fortunately, it fired back up Yeah, and, you know, it worked, but it, it, it kind of left me with a little bit of a little uncertainty. And yeah, it, that's it got the me worst. Is yeah, when something lets you down like mechanically like that, mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, now I can't trust you, and it's going to take a long yeah. time to build. Yeah, trust it's going to take now. some time to build trust, and I think that's what I'm going to try to do this spring, and be cognizant that I'm in a place to you know try to rebuild the trust because because mm-hmm. honestly, like I haven't driven it consistently and long enough to to identify some of these other gremlins that that could be you know maybe gunk in the fuel line i don't know what the hell it is Mm -hmm. um it's it's run fine ever since 
Yeah. But it kind of, I don't know if it was me misshifting. You know, I, I remember um, I was basically like just making a left-hand turn on a light that was going red. And so I was, you know, cranking through there and then put the clutch back in all the way and just let it come down to idle, mm-hmm. you know, while I was, you know, in between shifts and it just died. And mm-hmm. so uh, last time that happened was was because the uh, distributor had come loose and the timing was off, but but I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was this time. But anyways, it got me thinking, like, I don't really, it's such a light car that I don't, like, I don't really need a um, massive trailer for it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But they do have the, you know, they've got like car dollies that you'd pull behind an RV. Sure, and yeah. I thought with like a, you know, like a boat winch or something, you could pretty easily get the front wheels, you know, onto something like that, put it in neutral, and then you could drag it home, you know, and get mm. it, get it to a shop or something when you need. So, so yeah. it, would, it wouldn't be like a huge inconvenience if it died. And that, mm. and that may just be like, you know, you basically either, you have to go out and drive them at a time where you've got some somebody with you or somebody in town that can come grab you if something goes awry and then you just got to put up with you know needing to get it on a tow truck and stuff i mean it's just it's just part of the adventure with owning something like this just is what it is yeah right no it's the you know i've heard people talk about owning older cars like that and and just saying like you know there will always be maintenance you will always be in the process of fixing something it might be minor, it might be major, but it's just yeah. part of how these things stay on the road, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm okay with that. You know, at this point, it's going to be my, you know, one of three, you know, pretty fun cars that I've gotten. So if it's, you know, down for the count for a yeah. little while, getting something sorted. Yeah. To, to yeah. play with for a little while. Yeah. What's the, so what's the, what are the most recent updates for your t like in terms of the build oh yeah 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 thanks for asking um basically at this point you know it's um the build is in this kind of it's got a scheduled production date so Mm -hmm. everything's locked i can't modify it anymore Mm -hmm. um and the schedule basically they give you this date where they say like your 911 is going to be built soon and then they give you a date that it should start production on. And for me, that okay. date was last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I get all my kind of data through this uh, web or app, Track Your yeah. Dream. Mm-hmm. And um, I've kind of noticed, like, sometimes it takes a few days to refresh. Okay. But yeah. but the beauty is on, like, Renless, there's so many people in the waiting room, like, waiting for 9-11s you can you can see like oh this guy's a week ahead of me and that was six day delay from yeah. this and so then you're like all right i just need to be a little bit more patient yeah um yeah but anyways well, it's uh build should complete probably i think it was supposed to complete a early april so i'm guessing you know early april it should be done and then if the dates all stayed which mm-hmm. you know goes to port gets on a ship gets over here to houston comes up middle of may i think is what's on the the date list at this point nice but there's been some odd things you know that have come up with some of the production cars like we were talking um there's a group of 911s like 100 some that 
for whatever reason, got shuttled to France and mm-hmm. put in a big parking lot. Um, mm-hmm. And and I don't know if it was a, sh- a ship issue. Well, wasn't driver. there a, wasn't there like a ship? Wasn't there like a strike? Yeah, yeah. There's been issues at the port of Emden where all mm-hmm. these things go through. You know, it's so it's like, like a dock it, you're just looking into yeah, you're just like looking into a black box. But what yeah. what a lot of this stuff has kind of taught me, and I was telling you this, is when you go through this process, you you literally are running a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And what what they seem to do if something goes awry, like a 12 volt battery issue, a speaker amp issue, mm-hmm. you know, dock workers striking. They seem to like royally screw over a small group of people and uh-huh. they completely hose them, minimize, they the ship damage. their cars to France, and they say, you know, instead of getting your Next car in April, you're going to get it in August now. Yeah, and then the rest of the production line just keeps moving or ahead. Keep moving, yeah. That's kind of what seems to happen because I've seen it happen now like three times with the 12 volt battery and the Tycon. Mm-hmm the heater issue and then some of the speaker issues last year with the 911s you and i uh, i told you about this like it's not just porsche that does this uh you know our friend of our mutual friend of ours uh ordered a ct5v blackwing over a year ago and it got finished in like november i believe it was but Mm -hmm. there were a couple parts that they didn't have in stock because supply chain issues so they literally just sat his car along with many many others in a giant exposed parking lot over the winter in michigan Uh, that's kind of awful (laughs) yeah well they so they were they finally he finally got got the email address for like the cadillac like uh director of marketing or something for the u.s Mm -hmm. and like emailed him and told him what was going on within like three days of that email he was told like hey your car is being shipped to your oh. dealer yeah. um but they told him that there were some a couple scratches from it being mm-hmm. out exposed and he was like well if the scratches aren't deep if they buff out like that's yeah. fine if we'll move on if i need to repaint the panel then you're buying the toilet for me and yeah because i mean depending on the type of paint it could be tough to match nicely match. you know right well and if it's sitting out in this i mean it Granted, it's only a few months, but if it's sitting out in the sun exposed, like there's going to be a little bit of paint fade. There's going to be. Yeah, it's going to definitely need a paint correction. I have not. Um, So his car got delivered last Friday and I've not heard from him if it's Mm. if there's an issue. But um, but that's all that to say, you know, the stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, post pandemic. I mean, I I don't know how much of this was going on in the pre pandemic world. Maybe maybe, you know. Maybe they just didn't give us as much data. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of the beauty of track your dream is like you're not pestering your sales associate all the time. Like, yeah, hey, you, you got any updates for me this week? Right. Um, these these guys said this. Do you have anything? Like, you can. Oh, I'm see sure the it. sales associates are like, thank God this exists. You know, <laughs> I honestly think so. And so I, the amount of emails I try to like leave that. them alone because I can see. I've gotten a lot of answers to my questions as I've just watched these dates update, you know, without having yeah. to irritate anybody. So. Well, I so it is good that everything is locked in though, because Bingo. we got some Bingo. interesting news this week, <laughs> which kind of leads us to our our last yeah. topic we wanted to touch on. Man. So, yeah, 
Porsche updated all their pricing uh, as as well as kind of what options and stuff are available on the configurator for various models, and Just and unlike and unlike and and unlike Tesla, they went in the other, other direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which no kind of says here. something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the T went up by uh, ten thousand, I think, something 10, like that. 000. I I so, think it was like I think it was actually eight thousand something, but then the like mm-hmm. delivery fee also went up. Yeah. Um, so you know. what we saw most for the most part, the price increases were like between ten and sixteen thousand dollars per yeah. whatever they give a model was. The GT3 yeah, like RS the went up like twenty one thousand. It seemed like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that I crazy. did somewhere today that um, the typical Porsche configurators, all sorts of errors. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. some of the some of the prices kind of settled around most of the nine eleven lineup, seeing about ten grand increase. I, I haven't rechecked the GT three mm-hmm. or the GT three RS, but I checked yesterday just out of a morbid curiosity because. If you went to the selection page where it lists all of the cars, it showed the old prices. And then mm. if you click to build one, then you get the new then price in the, the configurator. Price. So I was just like jotting a couple of them down just out of more, <laughs> morbid curiosity. <laughs> yeah. What kind of damage it would have done. I, I mean, that's that's painful, man. Year on year oh. with very you know, probably uh, fairly minimal updates, you're paying an that's additional... the issue, right? I mean, like you know, so in in some sense, you know, when the T originally came out, again, you know, this is this is basically like the low end nine eleven. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a shitty nine eleven. It's still yeah. probably more power than you need for the streets and should be a fun car. But yeah. it was one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars to start, and now yeah. you're in the one twenties, yeah, uh, which is a lot well, of money, if, man. Well, we we're looking at the updated price of the GTS, and I and I made the comment to you like. You could have mm-hmm. that was the price of like a nine nine seven GT three, you know. And it's just yeah, right. it's, like it's where been the interesting. Is gone. It's been interesting to to get on Renlist <clears throat> and some of the forums where they talk about pricing and you know see what the guys paid for their nine nine two you know Carrera S's back in twenty twenty. Yeah, and now and they're basically like. This has been a a better location for me to hedge my money <laughs> than oh, any yeah. other investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? You just park and, your money for a few years in a nine eleven, yeah, because, and because you, get, you get what you put in out. Well, I mean, honestly, <laughs> with these, with these, as as things climb, as these cars climb up in, you know, entry price, it's going to make. I, I think really what it's going to do is keep to use 911 and use Porsche exactly. car prices oh. in general. Yeah, really rising cool. tide lifts all boats. Yeah, it's like okay, well you can get a brand new yeah uh, 992.2 GTS or you can get a 992.1 GTS. Yeah, for fifteen thousand dollars less. Yeah, the guy that's selling it is like, <clears throat> I just drove this car for two three years for free yeah. essentially. You know. Well, and a couple of people were posting about how, you know, they had had eyes on cars at dealerships and those prices have gone up, which mm-hmm. is the opposite of what happened to the Teslas when they announced their price decrease. Right. Those cars then were underwater. 
yeah. you know, even more. Um, you know, one of the other things that's that's kind of interesting with this is, you know, hearing, <clears throat> well, just as an example, so back in 2016, if you wanted to take delivery of your Porsche at one of the delivery centers in Atlanta or out in uh, L.A., it was free. Right. Up until last year, it was $500. You know, you get to go out on track, get a lunch, you know, um, get an unveiling of the car. Really, a lot of people have raved about the experience being a lot of fun. Well, mm-hmm. now that's $2,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like... Um, Which seems like, I, I mean, I know Porsche is the king of nickel and diming, and that's their business yeah. model. But if you spend $160,000 on a brand new 911 GTS or whatever... Throw throw in this. If, no if shit. Paying, I'll pay. I'll for, I'll pay for my plane ticket. But maybe you can pick up the check for lunch and I know my car. Like, come on. So for you know me, if I was like getting into this and I was brand new, I'd be like, that's oh, two thousand bucks. Like, okay, I just have to save for that. Seems like it'd be fun. But mm-hmm. for the folks that have been buying through them for ten years, they're the ones that are very irritated by it because it's like. Yeah. That guy was like, I've done it three times, but for that amount of money, I would not, I'm not doing it again. Like it's not, it's not that special. Yeah. I mean, that's Um, the problem is if you, it's kind of like with anything, like mm -hmm. if you have seen something, if you've been in the game long enough to have seen something decline, you'll, you're just going to get jaded about it. And You know, know, and I was just going to speak to that because there's this, there's this really interesting guy who's on the Tycon forum and he just bought He's got a really interesting collection of cars. He's like in his late 70s, but he was a Formula One engineer mm-hmm. and uh, he worked with Williams. Um, I'd have to go hunt back in the form to find his actual name, but he's not like a small, he's not like a little, like a side dude. He's like a main, yeah. he was like one of the was, main guys. It's pretty sure. impressive. So it's That's pretty cool. Yeah. He always has these like fascinating posts because he can relate it to Formula One, like people mm-hmm. complaining about why the hell am I. T- why am I using so much energy in this EV in the snow? And then he'll give you this lecture on pumping power of water that they saw on the F1 tracks. And it's Mm -hmm. super interesting, but he, he basically said, um, you know, two companies that were really engineering powerhouses in formula one, as soon as they went into a public company where their priority then became returning value to the shareholders mm-hmm. and in his terms he said these companies were emasculated i mean mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. they were no longer engineering powerhouses they weren't doing novel things they weren't trying to push the envelope you know like yeah. for the sake of the motorsport and and the engineering right. priority one was the shareholder right they the had money. a fiscal responsibility now and I, and i think that's exactly what we've seen you know, with these kind of price increases and in addition to that, mm-hmm. a reduction in options. Um, yeah. you know, a whole bunch of paint colors got the boot, mm-hmm. you know, some packages got reconfigured, some things are just like gone, like yeah. the arrow kit, not an option, gone. Yeah. Um and so I think they're they're simplifying things to push out cars because mm-hmm. as someone said with Stuttgart being in you know, a city, um, mm-hmm. they, they can't, they can't just like, you know, double car production. Like 
the lines yeah. of the factories are built, where they're built, are at capacity. So really, all they can do is increase yeah. price. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, and the and the other thing is, people will pay it. I mean, that's the thing is. Yeah, basically, they're going to increase prices up until they see their order book order books stop filling. You know, I mean, it, exactly. It's, it's like people like with the Ferrari uh, SUV, the Pura Sangue. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, can say what they want about it, but Ferrari's basically said, "Hey, our order books for those are full for the next two years." So yeah. it's successful whether you like it or not. You know, well, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, they're not. You know, they're not a. Um, they're a global car company, right? right. I mean, they don't when you look at billions and billions of people and you're trying to sell to like the point, whatever, zero, one percent of them, mm-hmm. it still ends up being a lot of people when you multiply that by a billion. Yeah. You're building a you lot got, of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think well, on a given day, they can put out 300, some nine elevens on the production line. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you do the math that tells you how many they can produce a year. Yeah. And in on this planet, you're going to sell those. Well, there there was a really interesting article I read. Uh, I think it was actually in like Yahoo Motors. Don't be a hype man for your car company. Yeah. Um, the 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 point of the article is basically like these companies. They all have marketing teams. They all you you don't you know we go out there and we are Porsche Porsche evangelists. There's guys that are Dodge yeah. guys, Mopar guys, Ford guys. Yeah, yeah extolling the virtues of this company and <laughs> the reality is that company doesn't really give a shit about you right no. like yeah. all these companies are they're not in the business of making cars they're in the business of making money they happen yeah. to sell cars to make that money but ultimately, they're going to do whatever it takes to make yeah. the most money. and if that means hey we we're seeing you pay twenty thousand dollars over sticker for our cars at the dealer. Uh, we're just going to raise the price for our cars ten thousand dollars then. <laughs> because it's yeah, not- yeah, no, I know exactly. Yeah, they, you know, yeah. And so, well, you know, it's like I saw on the news a bit tangential, but uh, I saw on the news today that uh, this chicken, uh, this egg, one of the biggest egg producers in the country. Um, reported like a 700% profit because they their chickens at their facilities didn't get hit by that avian oh flu God, that yeah, led to yeah, the yeah. of so many hens. Yeah, yeah, wow. And so it's like, okay, well, Jesus. how is that different than war profiteering? Like, this is a this is a food staple. And they're, <laughs> they're basically saying, like, it's we're making the same, you know, we're producing the same amount of eggs, making- but we just increase the price of all of them. We're because making people, money hand over fist. because people because people will pay it, you know. And, now and I have a, I, a fundamental I had an interesting. I had an interesting thought about this today because I'm guilty of it. Like I really, I really like Porsche, but I'm 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 completely expecting to be priced out of their cars <laughs> in probably yeah. the next decade. Um, yeah. So one of the things though that I was thinking about, I was kind of alluding to my comment earlier as sorry so as these. The title of the article is You Need to Stop Defending Car Brands. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the things I think could be interesting is, you know, we've talked a lot lately about, you know, BMW and like the design language and stuff really being engineered for the Chinese market. 
Mm-hmm. So obviously that's an enormous market with a lot mm-hmm. of sway. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, as I'm not I'm not exactly sure like what direction geopolitics is going to go. It definitely seems to be headed in the direction of decoupling. And mm-hmm. so if the goal of these companies has been to increase prices, you know, year on, year on, mm-hmm. because they can move product right now basically entirely globally and basically right. aside from like russia right um, and so there's a lot of potential buyers right now if the world geopolitically you know divides into two camps which it seems like it's kind of on the way well then you've in in, in, a, in a way at least reduced your market by a third but maybe more right and yeah. so then the question we have sanctions on china and yes you know we, we, bmw we are, and porsche can't sell their cars over there and they've priced or they, them yeah or they can but they have to pick a side if you're going to sell in china exactly and that's u.s won't allow you to sell in i mean the that's going to be a problem right if, especially if they're mm-hmm. building cars in you know the european Up union the united uh, states like yeah, yeah they're yeah. not going to get parts for them right. so it's not possible but i i wonder if that it definitely it seems like we're on the way for that happening and and that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with how these car companies have not only you know done pricing but also like design language mm-hmm. um when yeah you know the mar- yeah when the market you've kind of like made your you know golden goose for really yeah if really it disappears overnight yeah what the hell well, yeah do? if, if ever if the majority of american consumers are like god bmw's really screwed up their styling and all of a sudden the only people that bmw can sell to are europeans and, and americans, americans. Like, oh my gosh like that could be a problem that could be a real and, problem and in you terms know? of the the pricing like if you've priced out most of your professionals mm-hmm. um you know aside from like kind of like really high-end executives or right, uh, I don't know, like you, yeah yeah youtubers yeah. kind of like you know influencers and then mm-hmm. you know you're relying on a huge portion of people in china as well to purchase those cars mm-hmm. um, and once when those people go away what happens to the pricing yeah does I, it make sense in that new market right i do want to point out though that like some of this is our own fault because you know if part of what has allowed this to to happen and and the the ceo of uh or the head of sales for toyota north america came out this week and said he thinks that within the next year the average new car price will be above fifty thousand dollars which yeah somebody basically kind of jokingly said on renless they were like you know it seems like the new normal car payment per month is like a thousand dollars a month yeah and so i mean <laughs> it's like it's kind of true <laughs> yeah and and so the the problem one of the things that has contributed to this is people's complete and utter focus on what is my monthly payment yeah and if they have to take out a seven-year car loan to mm-hmm. get the monthly payment that they want to get the car that they want that they probably can't actually afford they'll do it yeah and and that is so it, some of this is our own fault like the fact that mm-hmm. like a, a well-optioned toyota camry is now like a 35 to forty thousand dollar car 
is partly due to the fact that one banks started giving out five year, seven year car loans. Yeah. And people started taking them. Yeah, so because basically a new F one fifty when they couldn't yeah, afford yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean the bank, you know, basically profits a lot of the, you know, interest up front. Which right. is kind of how the payments work. And they know that most people aren't going to hold on to the car for that long. Mm-hmm. So then the car gets sold and the person is either underwater and has to pay the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, the bank's already collected most of their profit. Right. You know, even if the loan closes in, in three years, right. they've gotten most of their profit out of it. And then well, the person, you know, you're just on to the next thing. Well, yeah. And that, well, and by the same token, <clears throat> so many, you know, when I was young, I don't rem- remember leases really being a thing at all, hardly. And mm-hmm. now, you know, everybody leases cars. And so, and then, and well, and you know, what's going to be really interesting is, you know, like they were talking, um, a lot of the manufacturers, well, for, first of all, you know, leases help them kind of move cars, but now that they haven't been producing as many cars, you know, not as many people have been leasing. Too. Yeah. Because, um, well, the lease rates are kind of outrageous. They're always mm-hmm. worse than financing. And that's why the monthly yeah. payment isn't usually like dramatically different, but it's a little bit less. But yeah. you get just destroyed um, in interest payments typically. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, I was reading where, you know, a lot of people have kind of moved towards financing where they might have leased before. And so, you know, lease uh, purchases have gone down a lot. And then a lot of people are buying the lease out at the end now because no one can afford new cars anymore. And, and right. the article and I read is you, basically... Used car prices are... Yeah, basically saying new cars are the prerogative of the rich. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, middle class can't afford a new car anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that's yeah. uh, it's maybe cr- kind of true. It is true. I mean, it is true. Like, if you're... Think about if if you're a middle class family making you know, say $70,000 combined a year, like very solid, you know, that's two teachers or, yeah. you know, whatever kind of combination you want to consider. That's a very good middle-class income. And yet you're going to spend, you know, tax income on a new car, essentially. Doesn't, doesn't compute. Yeah. There's, there's no way, right? So yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So you just don't do that. You have to, you know, so then if you truly are dedicated to getting a new car, like you are having to do the seven-year car loan. You You got a long payment or you're going to lease, or I think a lot of people just say the hell with that, we'll get a used car. But Mm -hmm. even then, with the way used cars are right now, you're not getting a 50% discount. Well, it's Um, it's what you, it's what you're talking about with, you know, uh, the uh, rising tide raises all ships, right? Like if, if new cars... If new cars become inaccessible, it drives up demand for used cars. So now all used mm-hmm. car prices increase as well. It just like it's a it's a vicious <laughs> kind of uh, circle. So yeah, it, it just it'll be interesting to see how it plays I, out. I think here. I said that to him this morning when I was talking with my wife. I don't know what I was bothered by, but something I was just like, my God, the pandemic just screwed everything up. It mm-hmm. just screwed everything. <laughs> yeah, no, it, like everything is off the rails well, now. It's man. That and and it unmasked a lot of trends that were probably already you know years underway. Really, yeah. Um, it was just then exacerbated things. Like obviously, 
you know, when we couldn't get new cars because of the supply chain and people bought up used cars and things yeah, like now, that. Yeah, now the dealerships and the car manufacturers, everybody's like, well, shit, don't make that many of them. Yeah. Don't make that many. Even the scarce resource so we don't have to give rebates and, and <laughs> yeah. we don't have to do November to remember at our Mercedes dealership. You know? Yeah, you're not going to have or December to remember. remember whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, you know, I, I think we're still a long time away from seeing the uh the toyota thon sales and stuff yeah yeah god that's like i forgot about that stuff. yeah it's the like toyota. how bad do you want this rev for prime you know we'll have a bidding war um you yeah. see i mean i think you know in the in the car industry and in any sort of consumer goods industry companies are realizing they can creep these prices up and people keep paying them and then yeah, and they're going to keep doing that until people stop paying them because they're in the business of making money. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I definitely like three months ago, I had I had no insight into where a potential recession might come from this year. But, mm -hmm. you know, with the interest rates continuing to rise and then all of us like learning more about you know banking and mm -hmm. risk management and diversification of their deposits like all of us are a little bit more knowledgeable nervous. and nervous two, two yeah. banks imploded you right you kind of you kind of realize like okay i can see the works getting gummed up here maybe um, i keep the money in the mattress <laughs> yeah yeah and so you you know you wonder if um these price increases are coming at a time where rates are going up, that there, mm -hmm. there could be a recession that happens and then the manufacturers do get caught flat footed. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of it, the it, direction that seems to be heading. Honestly. It, it does. It does seem like it. Cause, like cause we're, it, if you're Porsche or if you're Ferrari, you, your, your clientele probably will not build. Most of them will be fine in a recession. They're, you're going to still have the, the small business owner who maybe doesn't opt to get the Carrera S that year, but you'll yeah. probably be fine. But if you're Toyota, if you're Nissan, yeah. et cetera, yeah. that's jacking up prices, your clientele, the middle class, is getting squeezed in a recession. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and know? that's kind of where I'm, yeah, it'll be, I, um, I feel like, you know, we just had this like euphoria in 2021 and 2022. It almost seemed like we're like, nothing seems to be able to go wrong. Right. to put things sideways but on it the economy definitely yeah. yeah yeah definitely feels like the clouds are actually kind of starting to darken a little bit because yeah. i'm because yeah. i'm understanding it basically as these banks have these you know unrealized losses and they're not uh, they're uncertain about you know is their deposits going to take flight they they mm -hmm. will lend less right. and if businesses can't expect to get the funding they need to grow their business or expand then there's basically zero growth mm -hmm. and zero growth often then translates to job cuts expense mm -hmm. cuts blah 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 which then cascades through the economy mm -hmm. and maybe it's not a cataclysmic recession like you know 2008 was and the housing collapse but mm -hmm. it, it, de it definitely feels like okay i can now kind of see how the the dots could get connected on this Right. Um, where we do cool things off because the truth is, you know, just like the years where we talked about, you know, people saying like, there's going to be low rates forever. 
Like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll never see high rates again. They'll just be low forever. There's just, everything says yeah. that'll be the way. And then all of a sudden a pandemic came and we yeah. did unexpected behaviors, like give $2 trillion out to, to try to mm-hmm. help fix that. And now we've dealt with the consequences of that as a overheated economy. But the right. truth is and nothing like that ever lasts forever. Like, no, I mean, everything... all this stuff, there's, there's unique there's unique things in each recession and each yeah, yeah, bull yeah. market, but ultimately this cycle just repeats over and over. Yeah. People yeah. buy too much shit, and then <laughs> things get too expensive, and then things take. And, down then, something, and then something something blows something blows up that we didn't expect, mm-hmm. and it's like I it's like I've started to kind of become accustomed to thinking. It's always obvious in hindsight. Oh, obviously it was unrealized losses in banks, but nobody knew about that. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody knew about that until the day it happened. Or, you know, there's probably a handful of people that were aware of it. They make movies about the people who did. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But the vast majority, and it's like, holy shit, everything's falling apart. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I always found so interesting about. Like if you, you know, the movie, the big short in the book that's based on is like, yeah, you had yeah, a few yeah. people that saw that the emperor had no clothes. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else who were parent experts were like, no, the clothes look great. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. Everything's Keep fine. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, we'll keep making money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think so... I've got to about do it for this week. Um, it, you know, super interesting. I, I think it's it's fascinating to me to see prices on things continue to go up while we know that everything financially seems to be a little tumultuous. A little bit more dicey, yeah, than where it was a year ago. So we'll see how it all pans out. Yeah. Um, So we will try and uh, record in a couple weeks. Uh, Mm -hmm. My wife and I will be in Italy. (laughs) I have no idea how the Wi-Fi is at our Airbnb. If we can record, great. If not, the next episode might be a little delayed. If so, I... When do you you guys leave? When do you guys leave again? Uh... Not this Sunday, but next Sunday, and we'll be gone for and okay. we'll be gone for ten days. Okay. Well, maybe we could squeeze it in before then or something too. That yeah. Be another option. Yeah. If, so if we can yeah. record next uh, next Friday or Saturday, we'll get yeah. a, we'll yeah, get yeah. an episode out. Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, if not, you know, we'll do what we can. But thank you all so much for listening. Um, we will be back again as soon as I can. You know, we can make it happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, barring any power outages. Yeah, yeah, barring any power outages. Until then, check us out on Instagram at the Blow Out Podcast. Um, you know, hit us up with any questions or show ideas, topics you want us to discuss. Um, and uh, we'll see you soon.